You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about movies again, but it's a little bit of a departure from our holiday-themed episodes because I read an article in USA Today about the definitive listing of all of Steven Spielberg's films. And I sent it to Noah and I thought, I said, what do you think about this topic? And he liked it. So we're going to talk about some of uh, the work of the greatest, one of the greatest directors, film directors in history. And there's a list of 33 films. We're not going to cover them all because we haven't seen all of them, but we might make reference to them as we go through the list. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what might be an abbreviated episode (laughs) with a long list of films to uh, discuss. So with that, Noah, what do you want to say? All right. Yeah. Uh, So I will preface this by saying that my laptop is on 14%. Unfortunately, it charges very slow and it is a four to five-year-old laptop. So what are you going to do? Technology. Anyway, though, I'm very excited because Steven Spielberg is one of the world's foremost directors, if not the most popular director of all time. So of course, we needed to get a chance to talk about his movies. So my dad has the list and we're going to go down the line. So go ahead and start. We're going to start with number 33, The Lost World, Jurassic Park from 1997. I've seen it. I've loved it. Didn't match the original, but I'm a big fan of all the Jurassic Park films, so I'm giving it a thumbs up. Yep, I think we're in the minority here. A lot of people don't care for this movie. They like it better than three, I think, but I think uh, this is the second best Jurassic Park film, in my opinion. I thought it was a ton of fun, very entertaining, and Tyrannosaurus Rex in the city can't beat it. Number 32 is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. This is a departure from popular um, uh popular opinion but in my opinion indiana jones and the temple of doom from 1984 the sequel to raiders of the lost ark is the best of those films i think that temple of doom is an amazing movie and i think at one point in time it was probably my favorite indiana jones film simply because of what it did different it was so dark it had uh, themes that were never really explored again. And I definitely find that this is sort of a bottle film when it comes to um, the Indiana Jones uh, universe. So this one is a fantastic uh, film. The beginning is excellent. It's a ton of uh, fun. It's very entertaining. Um, and of course, the Temple of Doom itself is crazy. How could you ever forget somebody getting their heart ripped out right in the middle of the cage? I was five years old when I first watched that on TV. I remember how it impacted you. Number 31, War of the Worlds from 2005. Here's what I have to say about this film. War of the Worlds was something I learned about from my dad growing up um, and, uh, you know, its impact on society. So I was really excited about the film. I have to say it's probably one of the more forgettable films I saw during that era. Um, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. I'm a big um, Steven Spielberg fan. But the combination of the two just didn't do it for me. So for me, War of the Worlds is um, deserves its place as number 31 out of his 33 films. 
Yeah. Um, easily my least favorite Steven Spielberg film. Uh, it's not a bad movie by any means, but it just doesn't have that signature Spielberg style and quality that you've come to expect. It seems like it could have been directed by anyone. Of course, it was a very ambitious effort with a large budget and Tom Cruise always impresses. But at the same time, it felt very hollow, very boring, and ultimately just not what I expected out of one of my favorite directors. So I would Agreed. probably give it a five or so. Okay. So number 30 is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull. Um, I have to say that's from 2008. And I have to say that after um, the sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we said was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I started to lose a lot of interest. Now, this one is, I think this is the third. No, this is the fourth one. I've lost track of these films, and that's a problem. So for me, um, unlike most people, the Indiana Jones saga is not, for me, what it is for a lot of others understandable um i think the trilogy itself is nearly perfect for uh the first three films in any series but um i will say kingdom of the crystal school i greatly enjoyed as a child watched it over again probably six or seven years ago realized that it was really just the nostalgia and uh kid goggles that i was sort of experiencing it's not a very good movie at all um and i would say that it's definitely one of his weaker efforts but at the same time if you can just turn your brain off for a bit you might find some fun in it is that the fourth one noah it is the fourth. Okay. The one where he's in the refrigerator uh, during the nuclear blast. Yep. It came out in 2008. So I was yep. about uh, fourth grade. Okay. Number 29 is The Terminal from 2004. Um, I think widely considered his weakest or one of his weakest films. I didn't see it. So I can't comment on it. Noah, have you seen it? Can't comment. Pass. Okay. Number 28 is another film by Steven Spielberg. I have not seen The BFG from 2016. What about you? Uh, Red Roll Doll's book. Never saw the movie. Pass. Okay. Number 27, AI, Artificial Intelligence from 2001. I don't recall the film necessarily. I know I saw it and I know I liked it, um, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Um, I have not seen this film. Uh, I saw iRobot, which I often get the two mixed up with. Um, iRobot is not a very good film, so I will pass on this one. All right. Number 26 is The Sugarland Express from 1974. Once again, haven't seen it, so I can't really comment. I have not seen any Steven Spielberg films pre-Jaws in 1975, so can't comment. Fair enough. Number 25, Hook from 1991. In my opinion, one of the worst films of all time. Huh. Um, one of the least enjoyable experiences I've ever had in a movie theater. Um, but not everyone feels that way. And it had quite a cast with Robin Williams. But um, what about you? Well... Uh, I've never seen Hook. I've heard similar sentiments and how it was just a big misfire. Every director has them in their career. I haven't seen it for myself, but I miss Robin Williams now that you mentioned his name. Um, go see Goodwill Hunting if you have not yet. And Mrs. Doubtfire is one of the funniest films of all time. Absolutely. Number 24 is Always from 1989. I do not remember that film. Skip. Number 23 is Amistad from 1997. Um, Widely considered one of his most important films. I remember seeing it. I remember enjoying it to the extent you're able to enjoy such a heavy film, but I do not. Um, it's not a film I've seen multiple times. And it's not the kind of film you typically see multiple times, but, a, but a certain, certainly a, a strong entry into his catalog. Haven't seen it. Great, very important year, um, but I will skip for now and probably watch it later. Number 22 is Duel from 1971. We know Noah has not seen it since it was it preceded Jaws from 1975. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it either, so I'm going to move on to number 21, 
which is Ready Player One from 2018. Have you seen it, Noah? I have, and I loved it. Um, I saw this with uh, my movie buddy Griffin. Shout out to you for that. Um, this is an incredibly fun movie. If you've ever loved video games uh, over any span of time, Ready Player One is really just a love letter to sort of many pop culture references that uh, people will be very surprised and delighted by. I wouldn't say it's necessarily an incredibly moving film, but it was entertaining all the way throughout. And I think it's better than most audiences give it credit for. So I really liked it. Two thumbs. I would agree. Ready Player One is a film that I was surprised that I enjoyed as much as I did. And it's also a film I wouldn't mind seeing again. So number 20 is Munich from 2005. Um, A thriller. And I did not see it, so um, I can't comment on it. What about you, Noah? Pass. Have not seen it either. Okay. Um, I'd like to see it, though, because it's uh, essentially um, the, the story of the massacre of the uh, summer af- athletes in 1972. Interesting. Olympics. He also did War of the Worlds in 2005. He was busy. 19 was War Horse from 2011. Haven't seen it. Yeah, this is also in the bottom barrel of um, my Stephen King, uh, Steven Spielberg movies. You have seen this. I saw it in the theater with you. It is that forgettable. Uh, it's melodramatic. I don't really go for horse movies. Um, it's interesting that uh, this is one of his films and plenty of people like this movie. Just didn't do it for me. Just one of those ones. Okay. Number 18, The Adventures of Tintin. I don't know. Maybe you'll tell me I saw this too, because I don't, but I don't remember it from 2011. I saw this in West Virginia with uh, Luke, our mother, and our aunt Susan. Uh, this is uh, a great movie. Uh, it's based on an old comic, and um, it's 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 really incredible. It's really a great it's really a great movie. Um, it surpassed my expectations, and I found that it was um, beautifully animated, full of a sense of adventure, and really just captures the best of what Steven Spielberg has mastered over his career. So, uh, definitely not something that was always in, uh, you would expect in his wheelhouse, but a great movie. Nonetheless, super fun, great ride all the way throughout. Good to know. I should should check it out. Uh, number 17 is catch me if you can from 2002. Um, a very popular film. I am not a Leonardo DiCaprio fan. So for me, it was meh. I thought Catch Me If You Can is uh, one of his better efforts. Uh, Really, really cool movie. It's surprisingly sweet. And I really enjoyed uh, just the story behind it, how it was based on a true story and just sort of this crazy uh, chase uh, from a con man, the crazy chase of a con man who really got involved in multi-million dollar extortions and uh, uh, different schemes. So pretty incredible stuff. Was Robert Downey Jr. in this one too? Um, I do not believe so. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Well, regardless, this film is really, really good. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it affecting me because I think about it every once in a while. Well, 2002 was an especially busy year for Steven Spielberg because in that year, he also um, uh, directed Minority Report. And that featured Tom Cruise. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. And I remember this being a really, really strong um, science fiction film. Yeah, I have not seen Minority Report, but that's really at the top of uh, my must-watch list. Um, I've been meaning to watch it now for uh, the better part of a few months. So it's on my letterbox. I'll see it soon. Definitely worth it. Number 15 is Bridge of Spies from 2015. I have to tell you, I have not seen it, so I can't comment. I don't think I've seen it either. I'll move on. All right. Number 14 is 1941 from 1979. 
So this is post Jaws, Noah. So have you seen 1941? Well, I mean, we've talked about a few movies that are post Jaws that I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen 1941. Um, honestly, my timeline of Steven Spielberg is Jaws, Close Encounters, Indiana Jones, and then uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, and then it just kind of, you know, all of his hits. Schindler's List too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on it. Number 13 is Empire of the Sun from 1987 great film um this is about a uh, wealthy british boy who was um imprisoned at a japanese internment camp this is a very very intense film and it's christian bale's first role um in a movie ever he was a child and um i think it has i think it has john malkovich in it when he had hair um so that's pretty fun uh but yeah this movie is really well done it's one of his most i would say ambitious and bold efforts and i think oftentimes it sort of gets lost in the shuffle of his vast filmography i think it's a great movie and um it deserves to be seen by uh, everybody who has ever enjoyed his efforts such as saving private ryan or any other classic war films as well number 12 is lincoln from 2012 and i did see this i do recall it fondly it is an amazing character study. As I recall, Daniel Day-Lewis may have won the Oscar that year for his portrayal of Abraham Lincoln. He should have. Um, just a really strong film uh, all the way around and almost quintessential Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you know, Lincoln is interesting because it's the first film I ever fell asleep in. Um, you know, it's well made. It, it tells an, an extraordinary tale. And Daniel Day-Lewis was perfectly cast as um, Abraham Lincoln. But it's something I wouldn't watch again. And I found it to be rather boring and a little bit slow moving. Um, obviously it's a, on a very important subject matter, but that doesn't always make for a great film. I love the fact that, you know, that this was the first film that you fell asleep in. Oh, yeah. Well done. Yeah. It was 2012. So almost 10 years ago. Number 11 was the post from 2017. Um, I did not see this film, so I can't comment on it, but I do recall um, quite a bit of buzz around it, including um, uh, Tom Hanks performance. Yeah, you know, I think there, I can't remember if I saw Spotlight or The Post. I think I saw Spotlight instead. Um, so I'll pass on The Post. I don't think I saw yeah. it. I think um, Meryl Streep was also in this, which was the reason I didn't want to see it. <laughs> um, number 10 is the reason this list was created. And it is the reason I wanted to have this conversation was because number 10 is West Side Story that was just released last week. West Side Story is one of my very favorite musicals. It is obviously a remake. Um, it's based off Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about seeing this when I'm able because the music and the storyline is just um, really you know, vintage American musical. So I'm excited about West Side Story. Yeah, I'll see this as soon as I'm able. Um, apparently it did not. Uh, it failed to impress at the box office in the first weekend, which is kind of sad, but it was a $100 million movie. I was surprised by that, but I've heard nothing but great things about this film. I am a fan of the original as well, even though I'm not a huge musical fan. The energy and the trailers and from what I've heard from critics and audiences seems like the energy is off the charts so i definitely want to see this one in theaters soon it's interesting you say that because i don't think the trailers look make the film look good at all um so i don't know i have great expectations for that though so i'm excited number nine is probably the film that he is most well to say that in the next nine films is is i would probably say it for each of them number nine is saving private ryan from 1998 I'm going to say the most unpopular thing that I have ever said on this podcast, not a fan of this film. 
Yeah, I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. This is another Tom Hanks film, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've seen The Green Mile. Um, the posters, I remember, I got them mixed up with Saving Private Ryan for some reason. Um, but I have not seen this film. I've heard it's excellent and I'd like to see it. But oftentimes you have to really strap in for war movies because it's a nearly three hour affair. So exactly. Um, I'm sure I'd like it, but I know that this has been a notoriously um, unpopular opinion for you. Mm-hmm. Number eight is, I, I think, the, the film, in my opinion, for which he is best known, and that is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. It's not Jaws. Now, I don't think it's Jaws. It, it is number, I, I don't know, number eight is E.T. I mean, I, I realize what you're saying. He's, he's better known for E.T. than Jaws. I, I would argue from a certain generation yes um this is a great film i know it's not one of your favorites um for me it's about the relationship between you know elliot and et i mean really that's what this film is all about right the wonder uh and the pure innocent love between um two beings who are very different from one another whose bond demonstrates how very similar they are yeah um this isn't to say I dislike E.T. I just remember as a child, like, I think I was more swept up in how much you loved it and how much uh, my grandparents loved it, of course. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I had the E.T. toys and I really enjoyed that. Um, it, it, it's a good movie for sure. But I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I quite literally have not seen this movie in 20 years. I remember the last time we watched it was at Art's house. And that was 2003 or four. At whose house? Art. Oh, okay. Um, I will tell you one other thing, fun fact that you I've never shared with you. Um, when that film was out, somebody that I knew asked me if I had seen Et. And no. I said, E.T.? E- no. And they said, oh, E.T., but they called it Et. Okay, moving along. Um, number seven on the list is, oh, all of these are some of my favorites of all time. 1977's classic, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I love this film. I love this film as much as you love cereal. This film is great. I've seen it a hundred times, the special edition, every version of it possible. It is um, very complex, a little too long, but fascinating. Love this film. I will say that third encou- Close Encounters of the Third Kind is, it's a movie that I should love a lot more than I did. I think it just shows its age more than I would have expected. Um, John Williams score is fantastic. Steven Spielberg's direction is very assured. And I'm sure for this time and place and the late seventies, this was just groundbreaking, but it just didn't have the same impact on me. It's a good film for sure. Make no mistake about that, but I, I can't really put it up there with the top of my favorite Spielberg films. I have to say, I I was young when I saw it. It was almost, you know, it was right after Star Wars. So it was sort of capitalizing on the alien thing going on. Um, And and maybe I love it because I was at a formative stage of life at that point in time, but I've seen it as an adult and it made a whole lot more sense as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it every bit as much. So number six is based on my favorite, the scariest book of all that I've ever read, Jurassic Park from 1993. Thoughts? Jurassic Park is one of those you know those films that you can just always rewatch. It is always just. As I love all of the Jurassic Park films. It is always just as entertaining 
as the first time you watched it. This is one of the most finely made movies ever, in my opinion. Um, it has action. It has dinosaurs. It has people getting eaten by dinosaurs. I love it. it you know, very, um, you know, it, it, it raises the uh, hair on your skin because, you know, people are getting chased. You know, you're not sure what's going to happen next. And it's very it's just one of those purely amazing thrill rides all the way throughout jurassic park is a fantastic film from start to finish and sam neill was uh great and of course jeff goldblum and um he's been popular for his part in that it, it just it's an amazing it's an amazing masterwork of a movie i could watch it i could watch it every week it's really that good i completely agree i love this film i also love number five more than you do i really love number five the Color Purple from 1985. Wow, I love this film. Your mom and I love this film. Amazing performances. One of those films that sort of chronicles lives. And so even though it's longer than most films that I would want to watch, the storytelling, the acting, uh, are, they're just both exceptional. I love The Color Purple. We, it was the first, fun fact, it was the first DVD I ever owned interesting yeah well we still have that dvd in our cabinet somewhere and it's a pretty cool one um we don't have a dvd player yeah the color purple is oh my god is this movie hard to watch it is just i mean it's a really sad film in a lot of ways but of course you know near the end it becomes like liberating you know it's it's a story about somebody who has faced years and years of abuse and just simply because of you know their gender and their terrible family dynamic but um, I would say it's one of those films that I realize is super important and it is a very good quality film, but it's just one of those ones that it, I, I couldn't rewatch it anytime soon. Um, it, it's just one of those ones that I look back on and I'm like, it's a good, it's a very good movie, but it's just, you know, it's so tough with its subject matter. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's a great uh, Spielberg entry, definitely. But um, I would definitely say that um, I think you enjoy it more than I do in that way. Mm-hmm. number four is indiana jones and the last crusade from 1989 so that really is the film that completed the trilogy right and that's the one um with um who played indy's father sean connery yes the late sean connery and uh a a very popular film for me it was fine uh, again I, I i lost interest after the first film but because of the fact that indiana jones is is you know one of the most iconic film characters in all of filmdom, um, you know, it's certainly worth a watch. Probably an unpopular opinion simply because of how many gems he has, but this is his magnum opus, in my opinion. Um, I think it is almost impossible to end a trilogy uh, being with every entry being so quality and then have the third movie be the very best. It introduces a new character in Sean Connery as Indy's dad. And we're expected to believe that he fits in this world. And he does. They work together so well. It's an incredible adventure. Uh, The ending scene, of course, there's so, there's so much to enjoy here. And it's just a pure thrill ride the entire way. I think if Jurassic Park was one of his most widely accessible films and of course this is accessible too this uh, this movie is just one of my favorites of all time it's in my top five i think it is it is his best film um closely followed by jurassic park interesting everything every way you just described that film is how i describe number three 1975's jaws one of the top three films i've ever seen the score, the acting, the story, 
the terrifying, the, the truly terrifying nature of this film, the craftsmanship, everything about this film is, in my opinion, flawless. I absolutely love Jaws. The fact of the matter is, is it, it, it was the first blockbuster and every film since has been compared to Jaws. Yeah. Um, amazing film, uh, landmark film, groundbreaking. Uh, and in many cases, some have said the best of all time, the first blockbuster ever. Jaws, what can I say that hasn't been said about it already? It's a great movie. I always enjoy watching it. I've seen it probably six or seven times and it's worth every single uh, watch seeing uh, some of the clips of the scenes on YouTube are really great. Uh, just going back and just seeing that time period. And um, you know, I, I wish I was there in 1975 to see just the cultural impact it had um, because that can't be understated, but Jaws is one of those rare films that receives so much praise and holds up absolutely to this day. So I have said this before that when I left the theater, I don't know what my parents were thinking. I was, what, seven years old. Um, Things were different I, back then. I, I said, alien. I'm, what's that? You saw Alien when you were 10. Things were different. I did. I, I said, I'm never going to take a bath again. I was, I, I'm still terrified of the ocean because of Jaws. And it's been that many years. Number two is Schindler's List from 1993. I have to tell you that um, this, is not, this is not a film to enjoy. Um, it's a film to impress. Uh, I don't, it was not made to impress. It was just extraordinarily well made. It is not one of my favorite films. Um, and I know that that is another unpopular opinion. And I don't think it's, I, when I say favorite, it's just in terms of his catalog, it is widely considered his finest if he won his directing Oscar for this. But for me, I, um, I don't love the film Schindler's List. Fair enough. Um, I have not seen this film. It's perhaps my greatest uh, cinema sin, having not watched it. I will get around to it one day. Um, you really can't be a film fan if you haven't seen Schindler's List. So, but it's just I want to be in the right time and space. I don't want to. Be I think that's fair. People, I think I, I was not be, in the same. Yeah, I, I want to make sure I'm fully focused on it. You know, I, I, there can't be any distractions. I feel like I really have to experience the movie as it's meant as it's with full attention so mm -hmm. yeah haven't been able to find that recently but i will see it one day all right, all right. and number one what is it noah you listed all the amazing 1981's raiders of the lost ark now here's the thing yeah. about raiders of the lost ark um my father pop-up your grandfather loved this film and so therefore it will always have a special place in my heart um, you know, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, an iconic character. Uh, it's a fun film. It's uh, not groundbreaking, but it was almost a return to a formula that had long been lost up until that point in time. And for so many reasons, uh, I find this to be an enjoyable film. Is it my favorite Steven Spielberg fan a film? No, that's Jaws. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is certainly in the top five for me. Is it his best film? No. Is it absolutely worth watching and worth yes. its classic status absolutely it's got intrigue it's got mystery it's got thieves it's got multiple locations it's got international travel it's got amazing set pieces and of course it has indiana jones fighting nazis awesome stuff uh really really just excellent film creative imaginative you just they don't make them like they uh used to anymore they really don't 
Agreed. And that's the list of the top 33 films, uh, or maybe the 33 films of Steven Spielberg's career. All right. So we are on 2%. So let's move quickly into the check it out section. I will go first because um, y'all need to hear this. So there's been a massive data leak recently, and uh, I would advise you to check on your iPhone uh, or your Android as to what uh, passwords might have appeared in this data leak. I had to change my bank account information, and I also had to change all of my social medias alongside my Venmo. So it's important stuff. It might not have affected you, but you need to navigate to your passwords and then look under the security risks. I had 59 passwords that were compromised. So definitely worth hearing. All right, we're on 1%. Let's go. Okay. Um, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but I think you should check out Squid Game. I'm on episode five. It's painful. It's hard to watch. It's intriguing. It is a take on the Hunger Games, and uh, I'm glad I've got into it. I'm looking forward to completing it between now and the end of the winter break. All right. Excellent. And with that, I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.